Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 111, and today I'm going to give you a review of Pastor Camp, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 20. And I'm just going to walk through the passage, just like I did yesterday for an ordination service for a gentleman in our church who became an elder. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. Just ask that you lead and guide this episode. I pray that you would help me to help these pastors and everybody that's listening in to be encouraged from Acts chapter 20. I thank you so much for a great and really successful pastor camp. It was really great just being able to hang out with those men and spend time camping out and hiking and hearing from your word and having just a great discussion. And so thank you so much for that. And I pray that uh, the people who are listening, I pray that they would come consider coming to the intensive in the spring and maybe to pastor camp next year. Father, I just pray that you lead this time. I trust you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, I hope you all are doing well today. And we just got back from pastor camp. We went Friday and Saturday night to to Hardin County, Illinois. I thought it was Saline County, but it was actually Hardin County, Illinois, to the Garden of the Gods. And the Garden of the Gods area in Southern Illinois is absolutely beautiful. It's just stunning. There's ridges and bluffs and hills, and it just looks beautiful. You can see it forever. And we camped out in this really neat area that is like this ring of bluffs, and you camp out in the middle of it. And you can probably fit, I don't know, maybe 100 guys, and it almost has this amphitheater kind of feel to it. And so if you want to just get on Instagram and check that out, you can look at the story, the Shepherd's Creek Instagram, and there's one of those stories saved at the top, one of those bubble things, and you can check that out and look at all the videos. Shout out to Brandon McNeely for taking care of the story when we were there. But it was a lot of fun. It's a free event, and it was an inaugural event for us in the fall. And so what we do is we provide, as I, I talked about last week, care coaching resources and events for pastors. And so we've got our fall event now, and we've got our spring event. Shout out to the intensive in May. You can go ahead and register for that if you would like. There's two different price points because you can camp out if you would like. But if you want to get kind of like a hotel room, they have hotel cabins along the riverside in Eminence, Missouri at Circle B Campground, and so if you want to pay a little bit more, you can get a cabin, but registration is open for that, and we would love for you to come. Okay, yesterday, I had the great privilege at Christ Church Carbondale to preach an ordination service for my friend Lido, who became an elder of our church, Christ Church Carbondale, and so I got to preach the ordination service. The selected text for the ordination sermon was from Acts chapter 20, and Acts chapter 20 was also the passage that we were at for pastor camp. We just marched through it and said several different things about it and had some discussion about it. And so I want to go ahead and just walk through the passage, and I want to pull out five different things that I challenged and encouraged Lido from yesterday during the ordination service at our church. And so Acts chapter 20, I'm going to start in verse 18 and then go all the way down through verse 32. And so here's the five headings that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about freedom. We're going to talk about courage, awareness, defending the flock, and grace for the calling. And so as Paul is commissioning these Ephesian elders on the beach, knowing that he's never going to see them again, there's tears that are flowing, and he's talking to them and telling them what's going to happen to him and to them and what they need to be ready for, and he commissions them. And these points are not just for these elders in Ephesus. It's in the scriptures for us as well. And so as we read these, pastors, I mean, square up those shoulders, listen up to the words that the Apostle Paul has for you. It's so encouraging. So number one, freedom. Let's start in 18 and get to verse 24. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying to both the Jews and the Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor precious to myself, if only I may finish the course of my ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify of the grace of God. Number one, freedom. You see this in verse 24, but I don't count my life of any value or precious to myself at all. If only I may finish my course in the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus. You know, this today, I I joked on Friday night and on Sunday morning that this would put you in the counseling chair in so many settings. You just go in public and say, I don't count my life of any value at all. And it seems like a self-loathing statement, especially in such a self-care, self-love, self-forgive society that we live in. And here's the Apostle Paul saying, hey, I I don't count my... Life of any value at all. And friends, let me just tell you, pastors, let me tell you this. This is freedom. If you can get to the point that you don't shrink back from declaring anything that was profitable and teaching and admonishing with tears and, and you know that, and you even know even if imprisonment and afflictions await you, that you're free to just preach and proclaim the gospel and love people well, that for, that's just freedom. If you don't count your life of any value, if you see other people and you know that I'm, I'm willing to lay my life down for them and give my life up for them, there is so much freedom in that. You don't care what people think. And it's not that you're out to offend people or something like that, but you're just free to do what God has called you to do. There's freedom here. And this is what Paul is commissioning those Ephesian elders to. He's, he's calling them to freedom. Don't value your life. Everybody else is over here valuing their life and trying to put themselves first. And I want to call you out of that. So Paul is saying, be free, be free. And then he tells them to testify of the grace of Jesus, the gospel of the grace of Jesus. Uh, pastors, we do not ever, 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 get over the grace of Jesus. That's what we testify. This is the work of every pastor, testifying the gospel of the grace of Jesus. I mean, my goodness, I hope you're not over that. I I pray that you this morning would just go back and recognize that God has been gracious to you. He's been incredibly kind to you, and he has called you to this work. Remember this calling that he has called you to. It's a great and glorious, and and 1 Timothy 3, remember, calls it a noble calling. This is a noble task. There's not any other work that God calls noble. Not that there isn't other noble work out there, but this call that you've been called to is a noble task. And Paul is calling the church in Ephesus, these elders, to freedom, and he's calling you to freedom. Don't value your life in the way other people value their life. Secondly, he calls us to courage. Look at verse 26 and 27. We'll skip a little bit. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Now, this is the second time this word shrink back and in him not shrinking back is used. Because in verse 20, he says how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable. Then in verse 26, I testify to you that I am innocent of all your blood, for I did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. Notice the reason that the Apostle Paul is innocent of the blood of the people in Ephesus. He is innocent of their blood because he did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. You know, we can extrapolate from that, we can pull out from that and say that if we are not declaring the whole counsel of God, if we shrink back, and I think that's the key, if the reason we're not declaring the whole counsel of God is because we're shrinking back in fear or in terror or in nervousness, if we're shrinking back, then here's the point. You have blood on your hands. Paul would have had Ephesian blood on his hands if he would have shrank back and didn't declare the whole counsel of God. And there are pastors all across this land, all over the place, you can find them, where shrinking back is the status quo because it gets the approval, at least they think they do, it gets the approval to the masses, it at least appeases the mob. And so if you're going to shrink back, get out of this thing, 
This is not what God's called you to. God has called his men to step up and to square up those shoulders and to preach and proclaim the whole counsel of God. Courage. We have to have that courage. You guys have heard me talk a lot about that recently. Awareness. Look at verse 28. Awareness. And as I'm preaching this, you know, I'm, I'm looking and preaching to Leto and his wife, Deanna, who are sitting on that front row, because this is a commissioning. He's stepping up into this office of elder. And so I'm doing that with you as well, Pastor, and I'm doing that to myself. This is what I need to hear this morning. Acts chapter 20 is just a gold mine of pastoral work. Look at verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Awareness in verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock. You know, we have to be acquainted with our own weaknesses. I mean, as pastors, we have to know ourselves. And if you don't know this, you are the sinner you know the most. And we've got to be aware of ourself. What are our sin propensities? What are our areas of weakness? Where do we drift when we are not on alert? If we're not aware of our own frailty, of our own sinfulness, of our own idols... We'll just continue to drift toward them, and we'll keep doing pastoral work to try to cover it up, but we're not going to shepherd well. And so here's what I want to remind you. Know your weaknesses well, but you know what? Know your Savior better. A part of self-awareness is not simply knowing your fault, but it's knowing your Savior. Are you acquainted with the grace of God that we just talked about? Personally, are you diving in the deep end of the Christian faith and and looking at the gospel of Jesus, your justification and your great commission to call and live out the law of God according to the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you know your Savior? And so know yourself well. Know your sin weaknesses, but know your Savior better. And then keep watch on the flock. Know the flock. Know your people. The Apostle Peter tells pastors in 1 Peter chapter 5, Shepherd the flock of God among you. Know your people. In our technological age, it is very easy to be more acquainted to the Big C Church, what's going on in the church throughout the United States, or what's going on in Big Eva, or what's going on in your state, or whatever. Know your flock better than you know the Facebook and Twitter flock. Be more acquainted with your people than you are with the world. Keep watch on the flock. Now, Pastor, this is going to start with those who are the closest with us. And so I, as I commissioned Lido yesterday, I talked to him about shepherding his wife first. Care for her. Fight for her. Love her. She is the flock that's closest to you. Take care of your children. Take care of your family. That is your first flock. That's your first church. Those are the people who are closest to you, and they're going to be with you. And so you shepherd those who are closest to you first and do that well. Our family, if they are in Christ Jesus, were bought with a price. They belong to God, and so we shepherd the flock that's closest to us, but know the flock and then defend the flock. Uh, Verse 29 and 30, defend the flock. Verse 29 and 30, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among our own selves will arise men, men speaking twisted things to draw the disciples away from them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. Oh man, that's a lot of good stuff. Okay, defend the flock. Fierce wolves are going to come in from among your very selves. They're going to come with the title pastor. They're going to come with the title teacher. They're going to come with the title elder. We have to fight the wolves. Now, Paul knew that they were going to come to Ephesus and they're going to come to your church. They're going to be there. They're going to look like sheep. They're going to be studiers. They're going to want to be teachers. They're going to have abilities. And Paul's saying there are false teachers and false teachings everywhere. We, and we are not to back down from protecting the sheep. We're called to fight. Now, here's the thing. People are going to say, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. Why are you shooting your teammates? Why are you fighting these wolves? They're, they bear the name brother. They're not going to understand. They're just not. 
there's going to be people frustrated with you because you're saying, you're telling them, don't read this book. It's not helpful for you. Don't listen to this preacher. It's not good for you. Don't listen to this teacher. Don't go to this conference. This is not healthy. And they're not going to understand. And friends, if you're going to defend the flock, you're going to bleed. And you're going to take shots even for the people whom you're caring for. But God will see, and he will see you caring for his bride. This is our work. Even if it offends people, this is our work. And then finally, there's grace for the calling. In verse 32, I just read it. Paul commends these elders to God and to the word of his grace. To God and to the word of his grace. So everybody listening in, listen to me. Listen, I mean, like tune your ears to this. You belong to God and you are a recipient of his grace. God is your father. You are his son. He has called you to this work. Don't ever forget that. He is gracious to you. He is kind to you. He is for you. And there's nothing you can do about it. God's grace is there for us no matter what. And it empowers us and it boldens us. It helps us to do what God has called us to do. And so don't ever get over the fact that you belong to God and you have been commended to his grace. And so Paul's point, I think, in this is just the same thing at the beginning. Don't ever get over God's grace to you. It's what empowers the mission. And so Paul commends them to God and to the word of his grace. And and friends, brothers, that's what I'm commending you to this morning. Uh, It's Monday morning. And you may feel tired and exhausted from the weekend. I led two sessions over the weekend and then got to preach two times on Sunday. That is more than my normal workload on a weekend. But I feel great. I'm excited and energized. And here's what I need this morning, whether I feel great or exhausted. And what you need, whether you feel great or exhausted. An encouraging word that Paul gives to them and he gives to us is that we're commended to God and to the word of his grace. How about that for some shots of courage this morning? I hope you have a great week, and I hope this has been encouraging to you this morning. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.